0: Welcome to another episode of Downtime at the Cranston Public Library. We're a podcast for cool people who love libraries, where we talk about what we've been reading, what we've been watching, and what we've been loving. I'm your host, Taylor, and the branch librarian at the Oakland Branch Library, and my pronouns are she, her.
1: My name is Jennifer Candarian. I'm the store manager of Books on the Square in Providence, and my pronouns are she, her. I'm
2: Melissa Lavender, and I am the general manager of an unlikely story bookstore and cafe in Plainville, Massachusetts. And my pronouns are she, her.
0: Thank you both for joining us. A little bit later in the show, we'll talk about both of your bookstores and your experiences as independent bookstore managers. But before we get into that, let's start off as we always do with what have you been reading? So okay. um,
2: sometimes I, I go with a genre and kind of go all in. I'm quite often reading more than one thing at a time. Um, right now, I'm reading Gilded by Marissa Meyer, Um, which is a Rumpelstiltskin retelling. It's first in a series. I'm also reading Blood by Tracy Dion, and that is an Arthurian legend retelling, um, and that is second in the series. Um, And Atlas Six by Olive Blake, and I am late to the party on that one. That one was like a phenomenon about two years ago, and the second book just came out. We just had her at the store. Um, It was fantastic, so I decided to dive into that one as well. So that's
0: what I'm reading right now. So you're on like a fairy tale retelling, like huge YA <laughs> fantasy kick right now. <laughs> Fantastic! That's like my wheelhouse. So I'll have to know all of those.
1: Um, so currently, I'm reading Toad by Katherine Dunn. She was the author who did Geek Love many, many years ago. Um, and I'm also reading The Feather Thief. It's a nonfiction about a crime based around stealing bird feathers. Um, It's pretty interesting. One of those non-fictions that sort of reads like fiction. Those are my two that I'm currently reading.
0: Hmm. That sounds familiar to me. I definitely haven't read it, but like someone talking about it or reading a review, but I just can't put my finger on where I heard about it.
1: You know, it's a few years old now and I heard about it on a podcast and I was just like, this sounds fantastic.
0: So I just finished a... YA graphic novel called Blackwater it's kind of has like an urban fantasy vibe but not really urban I guess just like modern fantasy vibe even though also some characters it felt modern because characters had cell phones but like the aesthetics of the characters felt like they were trying to like capture kind of like the 1950s like Greece high school experience like there's a lot of like Slick back hair and leather jackets and stuff. So that was a little weird and I'm not sure exactly what was going on with that, but um, it was a story that evolved werewolves and like one character who could see ghosts. And there was like a little light gay romance in the background of it that I wasn't really expecting from the beginning. Uh, Cause it was kind of like they were setting up this main character, kind of like a, a jock. He does track. He doesn't really care about school and so, um, kind of took like that heteronormative trope and, and flipped it on its head when it becomes closer to another quieter, um, we find out like chronically ill student, another student who goes to their school. And so, yeah, it was a nice, um, had kind of like Halloweeny spooky vibes without being like really too scary or suspenseful. So that's great for me because I don't really like horror. So, uh. It's fun when you can get a werewolf kind of ghost story without the like heavy suspense and and horror and stuff so, so <laughs> yeah that's great um so besides reading have either of you been watching anything interesting lately i just started watching wednesday
2: i don't know if you've seen it yet but it's fantastic and it's great escapist you know it holidays and retail <laughs> it's good to have an escape when you get home and um uh, I, I just absolutely love it <laughs>
1: Um, we just finished watching the um, "What We Do in the Shadow series, and "This Flag Means Death." Um, but because it is our crazy retail time, I totally love like X Files, the funny episodes. <laughs> I just pick and choose the ones that are funny and silly, and it's just like shuts my brain off. And
0: well, that's the, also the great thing about rewatching something is like. You kind of can just like hop in wherever you want to and hop into your favorites because you don't have to watch. You don't have to go through the whole series because you've seen it all before. Exactly. Um, so I don't have any really new shows that I was watching. But uh, last night I did w- watch with my parents the new Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Um, so, uh, it was, it was sweet. Uh, it was cute. Uh, kind of what you would expect for a 45 minute holiday special. Uh, it did feel like, I don't want to spoil for people who haven't watched it, but there was like a big reveal in it and it felt like it was like, okay, we want everyone to know this major thing about this character before guardians of the galaxy 3 comes out so we're gonna make a holiday special it felt very shoehorned in there and it felt almost like that was kind of the point of them making it it was like we need everyone to have this piece of information before going into the next thing so we'll throw this in here we'll throw christmas lights on it we'll include a zany kidnapping of kevin bacon And there you go.
2: So very Marvel of them.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, it was sweet. And I think like definitely would get, I think, like younger people into the the holiday spirit. I think it was maybe aimed a little younger than adults, but it was still uh, still fun. Have you watched Spirited yet? No. Oh, is that the Ryan Reynolds Christmas movie? No, I haven't.
2: It it was, it was really great. I think that people are very like split on it. Um, You know, it's, it's not high art, but the uh, choreography and the music is fantastic. And it's very like tongue in cheek in several spots, which is very Ryan Reynolds. Um, I thought it was really, really good.
0: Hmm, That maybe would be, yeah, that maybe would be like a holiday movie that uh, my boyfriend would actually want to (laughs) watch. Cause he's kind of bah humbug about Christmas.
2: and it's perfect
0: because it's just <laughs> <retelling, so. laughs> me and my retellings right now. It's great to have a theme. Right? <laughs> I love a good theme. All right. Uh, is there is there anything else shows related-wise that either of you want to talk about?
1: I'm a big podcast listener. I don't watch much TV. So it's like when I do, it's that total escapism. But for my, you know, I listen to the How Stuff Works podcast they're short episodes about you know something in the universe you know how do tires work how do you know whatever um and so it's like a a short little lesson in how to do something or how something came about um they had a great episode on the electoral college the electoral college that really i
0: learned so much just listening to that No, that sounds great, because I feel like every, you know, like every presidential election, I'm just sitting there kind of being like, how does this work again? We get one elector, so it doesn't really matter what we voted for, right? Or us in Rhode Island. Mass probably has two or something. I don't know. Um. (laughs) Well, I live in Rhode Island, so. Okay, yeah. We're all Rhode Islanders. We're all Rhode Islanders with our one elector. Right. That's (laughs) that's, That's just where we're at. That sounds great. That kind of reminds me, I've only listened to an episode or two of it, but it kind of reminds me of Getting Curious with Jonathan Van Ness, who is the hair and grooming on the new Queer Eye. I think they started the podcast first and then decided to make like a Netflix show of some of the like most interesting topics, but because it's a weekly podcast, they're able to go into a lot more different topics than that like... I don't think it was even, like, 10 episodes on Netflix. But I watched that, and it was very interesting, too. But, like, they were able to, like, spend an hour and deep dive with someone. They just, because of their, you know, fame and and pull as a a celebrity, they just get experts to come on and talk about different things that they're curious about. So a lot of social justice issues, but sometimes it'll be, like, about bugs or just, like, something that they're like, how... How, how does this thing work? I don't know. So might be an interesting show to check out if you like How Stuff Works. Thank you. And we'll return to the show after a quick break. Looking for a movie to watch? Canopy has over 30,000 feature films and documentaries for you to stream for free. Log in using your Cranston Library card and receive eight free play credits each month. That's eight movies every month that you can watch for free. You can watch the 2016 Academy Award winning film Moonlight, Taika Waititi's horror comedy What We Do in the Shadows, and many more films today with Canopy. Go to cranstonlibrary.org to find a link to sign into Canopy today. Unleash your inner child and join us at the Auburn Branch every Friday at 4 p.m. for Color and Calm. There will be coloring books, mandalas, colored pencils and markers, as well as herbal and decaf teas and soothing music. No registration required. Decompress and head into the weekend refreshed. For questions, email auburn at cranstonlibrary.org. So I want us to have enough time to talk about both of your bookstores, which you came here to talk about. Um, so, Jennifer, do you want to talk a little bit about Books on the Square? If you guys have any kind of like specialty that you lean towards in terms of books and just basically like, you know, what you guys are all about. Uh,
1: OK, um, so we've been here for 30 years. Um, we don't have a specialty. We're sort of an all over general bookstore and I've been here for 20 years now, and we're in the east side of Providence, so it's a good walkable community. You know, most of our customers we've known for years, and uh, yeah, we do story times and author events, like most great bookstores do. <laughs> um,
0: and so, Melissa, do you want to talk a little bit about Unlikely Stories?
2: Sure. First off, I love Books on the Square. It's in such a cute little spot, and I have been going there for years. <laughs> um, and I have been the general manager of an unlikely story just for a few months now. I actually started here back in March. Um, the store is about seven years old, um, and it has equal parts of um, children, adult, and uh, gift. Um, we've got some really uh, creative gift um, in the store right now, especially for holiday. Um, One of the special things about our store um, is that it is owned by children's author, Jeff Kinney. Um, So we do have some signed Wimpy Kid merchandise here um, that you can't really find anywhere else. But the majority of the store is going to be adult fiction and nonfiction, uh, picture books, um, and like I said, those gifty items. We also have a cafe, um, and our cafe also serves beer and wine. Um, We have a full kitchen, so you can come spend the day you know, sit down for the afternoon and, you know, flip through some books and really find some interesting things.
0: Fantastic. So going into the holiday season, um, do either of you have advice for people who want to, uh, I guess, general advice or maybe more specific to your store, but people who want to shop local, shop small and support their independent bookstores? I think it's
2: that right there. Shop local, shop <laughs> small, support your independent bookstore. Um, also, uh, don't underestimate the knowledge of your booksellers. So, uh, you can actually walk into an independent bookstore with no idea of what to purchase for somebody or even for yourself. And our booksellers um, in, in both stores have a wealth of knowledge. And just approach someone and, and tell them who you're buying for and let us do the
1: work for you. Exactly. If I could just say, um, when you combine everyone, we have so many years of bookstore experience, just not only things we've read, but things people have recommended to us that we can then recommend. I mean, that's the most fun part of our job is talking about books and then getting suggestions, giving suggestions. This is really why we're here.
0: Absolutely. I was looking on the Unlikely Stories website a little bit earlier And I saw the space that you're in has a really interesting history, correct?
2: It does, yes. So the space we're in was um, originally built in the 1800s as a general store. um, And it's had a couple of different um, life cycles where it's also been a pharmacy. uh, It's been a restaurant back to a general store again. um, And then the store actually sat vacant for about 13 years before uh, Jeff purchased it. Um, the building, unfortunately, was not in condition to be refurbished. So um, it was knocked down, but something that has the spirit of the general store was built in its place. So um, if you've seen pictures of the building, it looks like it's been here for centuries, um, when in fact the building itself is only about seven years old. Uh, but uh, we really wanted to give back to the community and give them something beautiful in that spot, in a place where they could come back together again uh, and enjoy um, you know, regardless of your age, be able to enjoy this space. So it's something that is useful from birth to 100 years old. Um, Everybody loves a bookstore. It wasn't always the plan to put a bookstore in this spot. Uh, But as as they started thinking about what type of business would serve the entire community, it ended up being a bookstore. Um, And we have a great event space on the second floor where we have authors and yoga and open mic nights and um, a lot of different fun things going
0: on. Jennifer, do you have anything to add about the history of Books on the Square? Has it always been a bookstore?
1: It has. Well, the building itself was, I think it was a shoe store decades ago. So it's been here for 30 years, but there's still like little bits that you can see of K's of Newport, like shoe store. Um, But it's been in the same spot for 30 years. And
0: I'm kind of curious about how both of you kind of made your way into the bookstore business. Was it something that you always wanted to do?
1: Um, Not so much. You know, I went to college for English Lit and then I sort of floundered for a while and a part-time position came up um, and then it just sort of grew from there um, and I just never left. And uh, I have a, a similar story, I guess. Um, so I
2: went to college for marketing, um, but while I was in school, I was working at Borders right down the road from your library at Garden City. Um, I worked for Borders for a while. And then when I started to do other things in my field, I really just missed bookselling. And when I had the opportunity to find something, um, I went back to bookselling probably about 15 years ago um, and have been doing it ever since.
0: And, yeah. Um... So I know before we started recording, Jennifer, you said that you had um, some holiday titles that you were prepared to talk about to kind of help people go into their book buying or book enjoying as we go into the holiday season.
1: Um, Well, there's so many great titles that have come out this year um, that, you know, we have stacks here at the store of just, you know, there's a new Bob Dylan where he's talking about the history of individual songs by other artists and it's fascinating especially for like the music lover in your life so that's like my favorite I can't wait till the music people are coming in and they're like what should I get for my husband who loves music and I can be like this is the book (laughs) book."
0: (laughs) I know I have certain titles where I just like lay and wait where I'm just like wait for the patron that this is the perfect book for them
1: exactly and then
0: I'm so excited that they found it or that I'm able to point it out to them
1: exactly it's when you have we have a lot of um older people who are buying for you know someone who loves DC but they don't know anything about DC comics you know and so there there will be some new comic book book that will come out and it's just like i know who's going to love this <laughs> you know
2: <laughs> that's great
1: i would say two uh, my um
2: my holiday go-to's this year are um Bonnie Garmus's Lessons in Chemistry, Um, one of my favorite books that I read this year. And it's definitely outside my genre. It's a bit of historical fiction um, that takes place in the 1960s. The main character is a woman chemist who isn't really taken seriously because she's a woman um, and then ends up in probably the most stereotypical woman position she could have as a, as a, um, a TV chef teaching housewives how to cook, but she uh, teaches them science at the same time. Um, There's a lot of other things going on in the story, but it is a phenomenal read. And then um, Stephen King's fairy tales. So this is a Stephen King for the non-horror fans. So this is perfect for you, Taylor. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, There's nothing too gory or gross, uh, but it's all the things that Stephen King does best with uh, his world building um, in suspense and pulling at your heartstrings. Um, and it's a great fantasy story um, where uh, someone enters into another realm um, through a shed in a backyard. Uh, it's so well done in um, a page turner for sure. Well, that's good because there's a lot of pages. I saw that book.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a big one. It's quite a favorite with our uh, staff here as well.
2: It's fantastic.
1: Yeah, uh, We're also very excited about the new Michelle Obama, The Light We Carry um she's just a woman that you want to know um and she's sort of giving advice on how to like live with grace and be present and realize there are other people in the world um so that's another one that we're excited for
2: yeah that's a
1: great recommendation
2: it's very much in her vein of when they go
1: low we go high
2: um, and exactly. it really is it's something that you need to remind yourself every once in a while. Um, she is definitely a bright light for sure.
1: Um, I'm a big mystery fan, um, and the new Louise Penny gets released tomorrow, which I'm very excited to read. Um, but there's um this fantastic mystery that I read. It's called The Lavender House, and the author's name is Rosen. It's set in 1950s San Francisco, um, and it's set during the Lavender Scare. So if you are homosexual, you were, you know, so the main character is kicked out of the police force for being a homosexual. And so he sort of finds his, he finds his calling in being a detective for those on the fringes of society. And he finds acceptance and, um, God, I hope it's the first in a series because it's really fantastic. The writing is great. The characters are great. Um, And so I'm I'm looking forward to hand-selling this and recommending it to a lot of people this year.
0: I think I heard about that on Reading Glasses, which is a reading podcast. It's like all book recommendations. They pick a genre or they'll talk to an author. And I think they talk to the author of this book, but I'm not positive.
1: I will look it up because it, it was so good. It was so good.
0: If it is the book I'm thinking of, I will include it in the show notes so our listeners can check it out as well. Because I was like, okay, like gay police officer who like gets kicked out of the police force. There can't be many books that are doing that. That that seems like a very <laughs> unique cut. Con- and yeah, like it was like historical fiction. I'm glad. So I'm glad you reminded me of that because I listened to that episode and I was like, oh my God, this book sounds great, even though I'm not usually a historical fiction fan, but I think I could get on board with historical fiction if you make it a little
1: gay. It's also in that detective um, genre. So mm. it, it totally harkens back to the classic detective series. It's just sort of twisted into a different light. All right. Is there any more
0: um, kind of like holiday book recommendations that either of you have? Uh, before we move on i mean okay i, I just so wanted to make sure i feel like they... we could go on forever I non-fiction so is there anything else that you want our listeners to know about your bookstores or about independent bookstores in general before we uh move on to our ending segment
1: i guess i would say um you know it's if you want your book neighborhood bookstore to be there you need to Shop there. Um, it's so convenient to order things online. Um, but, you know, if you want to be able to run in and grab that birthday present on a Saturday morning, you have to realize that to keep us here, you have to shop here. Yeah, I think that's a good,
0: good note, good message. Melissa, do you have anything that you want to add?
1: Um, just, you know, if you're interested in coming down
2: to an unlikely story, I would definitely check out our events page on our website, an unlikely story.com. Uh, we have a lot of great author events in the store. And some of your favorite authors may be coming. Um, Last week, we had Andrew Morton, who just wrote a biography on the Queen. Um, He was every bit as lovely as you would hope. Um, And early next month, we have Holly Black, who is one of my favorite authors. She will be here on January 3rd.
0: All right. And if people want to visit Books on the Square online, where can they find you?
1: Our website is www.booksq.com. So we wrap up the show with
0: a segment I call the last chapter where we talk about a library or bookish related question. And so, I mean, you guys already gave us a lot of great recommendations for upcoming books this year for buying. But I thought since you are both booksellers that I would ask, what book do you give as a gift the most? Or maybe like what type of book you give as a gift the most if there's not one particular title that you gift a lot?
2: I have gifted multiple copies, and I'm saying probably over a dozen copies of Charlie Maxey's The Boy, the Mole, The Fox, and the Horse, Uh, one of my my all-time favorite books. And it is a great gift for someone who's having maybe a tough time, uh, but it's also a great gift for somebody who is a very positive person. It's super inspiring, and you can open it just to any page. It's not something that you need to read cover to cover. And you can just get a, a message that sets your tone for the day. I think it's just beautifully written.
1: Um, so I love to give Sai Montgomery uh, titles. Um, so she did Soul of an Octopus, and I've given so many copies of that book away. Um, just I just feel like it's such a great book, and you learn so much about a creature that you had never even thought about before um but her whole her whole um catalog um the hawks way which is a short essay um is also such a great gift um it's just connecting with nature those are my go-tos
0: yeah i'm trying i don't know if i have uh, a book that i really give the most just because well, my mom is a big reader, but she like jumped on the ebook like Kindle train really early on and she really likes to read that way. And so it's one of those things that it's like, well, she, you know, she can get books on her Kindle. She doesn't really need to go out anywhere to get the books that she wants to get and so um so yeah, it was just like if she wants to read it, she's probably already got it kind of thing. So
2: and we definitely see a lot of that. Uh, when someone is reads on an e-reader, where they're going to grab their favorite genre that way. They're going to read their fiction titles or their nonfiction titles. And that's when those gifty books really, you know, are great, especially those that are beautifully illustrated, like Cy Montgomery's books or like um, Charlie Maxey, where you can get that little gifty something that you just, you don't get the same feel on any reader. You're not just reading words, but there, it's an experience. And I think that both of the authors that we recommended their books are an experience
0: definitely especially illustrations I think they just don't translate as well in an ebook at least in my experience so yeah I feel like when when you've got really great illustrations in a book or or even I like I'm a big graphic novel reader and I I like to read the graphic novels in print it's just they don't format well in the e-reader a lot of times so it's like a panel that was supposed to be next to these other panels is now like off on another page I mean that's probably gotten better as e-readers get better but um yeah definitely I think you want it in your hand at least for me when there's a lot of great illustrations to pour over
2: and when I'm really engrossed in a book sometimes I read the same book on multiple formats at the same time and I think that that's just someone who loves reading that's just something that they do if I download an audiobook and I am really loving it I only listen to the audiobook in my car. So then I may download the ebook so I can get ahead in the house and then catch up in the car. Um, it's it's strange, but um, but that's when I, I tend to do my ebooks is if I'm also doing the audio. Um, and I will I will kind of jump between the two depending on where I am.
0: I've definitely heard other people that do that, but I don't know if I could jump from the the narration to then reading it on my own. Especially if I'm enjoying the narration, like I ended up uh, the last audio book that I really enjoyed was Firekeeper's Daughter, which we had the author on, which was amazing. And so we've talked at length about that book. Go check out our episode where we talked to Angeline Bully, but. I couldn't even bring myself to increase the speed because I thought the narration was just so well done that I was like, no, I need to experience this the way it was meant to be experienced. Because there's a lot of people I know, especially on the award committee I'm on that listen to things at like 1.5, even like two times speed so that they can get through things faster. But yeah, I I haven't had great luck with that. I think that's also a
2: a Northeast thing as well is that I find that, when I'm listening to something, their, their speech is just painfully slow. Like, clearly, you're not from, you know, Rhode Island. You'd be talking so much faster. Yes.
0: <laughs> yes. The Northeast is notorious. We're notoriously fast talkers. That's yes. for sure. All right. So I would like to thank everyone for listening. And thank you both for joining us. And thank you, everyone, for listening. If you'd like to answer our last chapter question or submit a last chapter question of your own, you can email us. At downtime at cranstonlibrary.org, and you can now reach out to us via social media with the hashtag DowntimeCPL. If you're feeling generous, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts because it helps people find the show. Thank you again for listening, and this has been another episode of Downtime. Downtime is a project of the Cranston Public Library and is produced by Zach Berger, Nomi Hay, Robin Nizio, And me, Taylor Cardillo. Audio engineering by Dave Bartos. Our theme music is Day Trips by Ketza. And our ad music is Happy Ukulele by Scott Holmes. Links to the books and movies discussed can be found in the show notes. Remember to rate and review Downtime on Apple Podcasts. Connect with the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram with the hashtag DowntimeCPL. And if there's something you'd like to hear on the show, send an email to downtime at cranstonlibrary.org. Join us next week for more Downtime.
2: It's so awesome to get to meet the authors here. Um, They're quite often, like, as a reader, not exactly what you'd expect, but in the most wonderful ways. We had Ruth Ware here, who writes, you know, such horrific stuff sometimes. And she was just like this sweet little woman, like, so lovely to meet you. And I was just like, I can't quite put that together.